Welcome to the Nobody Told Me That podcast. My name is Teresa Duncan, and my goal is to share information that you probably weren't thinking about. I love preparing my friends for situations that may come completely out of the blue. I also want to share with you many of the tidbits I picked up over the years. If you absolutely have to tune out before the end of the show, make sure you check out the show notes for more details and information on today's topic. And thank you so much for making me a part of your day. back for another episode of Nobody Told Me That. And again, I love having my friends on. Carrie Weber from Jameson Management is here. Hey, Carrie. Hi, Teresa. Thank you so much for having me, my friend. It's so good to be with you. Well, it's nice to see your face. And again, you know, nobody's hugging, nobody's seeing each other. So it's it's yeah. nice to see your face. I kind of live vicariously through my webcam. That's just yeah. how it's going. <laughs> how has Jameson managed the distance from the clients how has that been between you and your clients you know it's been as everybody can agree it has been a really wild and crazy year you know for us the good news was we were no strangers to virtual to the virtual tools there was no real learning curve for us in terms of how we could connect with our our teams and our clients that we were working with so we really amped up that virtual support and made ourselves readily present even more than ever before for our clients in you know the various <laughs> stages of need and urgency and emergencies that that everybody was going through you know it just felt like you would like chapters of some kind of dramatic book right when is it ever going to end <laughs> i know like with a war and peace <laughs> That was a real fortunate thing on our side that our team was familiar with Zoom. We just amped up our own training internally to, to become even more competent with the tools that that brought to the table. And that's that's how we adjusted and adapted to how we could help our clients. And, you know, good news is they were in the same boat and, you know, that's not really not good news, but they adapted very quickly. Everybody on the planet now has a pretty good understanding of how to use Zoom. So, right. Oh, gosh. I think we're all Zoom experts at this point. Yes. It's one thing when we're the helpers. So, dentists being the helpers of their patients, but we are the helpers of dentists. Mm -hmm. So, when this happened, not only were they shell shocked, but we were shell shocked, but still mm -hmm. we had to be there for the clients. And, and of course you, you in a different capacity, I was just doing like small strategy calls, but you, it's a whole different thing with Jameson. You had to be ready with solutions with almost like therapy, right? Were there a lot of therapy sessions? I imagine. Yeah. yeah. There was so much, and you know, this is preaching to the choir kind of a conversation for a minute and everybody listening is going to agree. There was so much that everyone in dentistry was being faced with that was that unprecedented type thing. Never has anyone ever <laughs> had to know what to do in those types of scenarios. Just like in any kind of crisis, someone has to step up and, and take the lead and help 
to figure things out and help people move forward. And, you know, Teresa, I have to, I just want to take a moment and give you credit where credit's due. You were such a phenomenal mentor and leader in dentistry through these last months, uh, just helping people navigate everything from insurance to you know, to all of the regulations that were coming through, you were very present and doing the work and doing the research. And you were a guide for us on a couple of occasions. And you were so gracious to our team and helping us find solutions for our clients. So I just want to say a big thank thank you you from dentistry, because you're just, you're brilliant. And I really respect you. and And I'm grateful for what you've done this year. And always, but it was that kind of collaboration with other passionate leaders in our profession and experts in their realm that we were able to tap into. And it's like you said, Teresa, you know, there was no rest for us because people were knocking on our door. Mm-hmm. What do I do now? What, what do I do for my team? What do I do with the practice? How do I get the loan? How do I, you know, where do I get the, the PPE? Where do I get the PPP? And all of the mm-hmm. things that people were trying to figure out every step of the way. And we were really fortunate to have some tremendous leaders and experts and organizations that it wasn't just us figuring it out. We were collaborating with people, reaching out and saying, what are you saying about this? Sharing resources from other companies and doing whatever we could to help the dentists that were out there trying to figure out what to do next. Your firm provides full service consulting, but also marketing. Mm-hmm. Did you see a big pullback from marketing? Were dentists like, wait a second, put this on hold? Did you see that at all? You know, interestingly, no. Oh, good. Okay. The The interesting thing about market the marketing side was we were actually still having conversations with practices in the midst of it all about how do I market this? How do I do this better? And we were having conversations with doctors about coaching and marketing, you know, not not to a, a, a significant degree, but there were still people calling in. And I think the reason was issues, what I like to say are the cracks in your foundations that maybe you were just covering up with a rug mm. before really became magnified and amplified this year because Mm -hmm. uh, you needed to be running that well-oiled machine. You needed to have things working well and the practices that weren't at the ready and didn't have those foundations or uh, didn't have that patient flow or didn't have that presence in their community, that lack of preparation and that lack of those foundational support systems, they really felt it this year. So I think they saw, okay, I've put this off and I've known I needed to work on this or I've known I needed to do something different in my marketing. And while it may may have taken some time to make those decisions, they were ready in the pause. They had time to explore. And, And, you know, they also had time to look at what they were doing, maybe on the marketing front and realizing I'm not getting anything out of this. I'm, you know, or I'm spending all the time here and getting zero results. So they were starting to look for alternatives because they had the time to do so. I know a lot of doctors looked at their monthly statements, recurring balances or recurring mm-hmm. charges for like the mm-hmm. first time in a long time mm-hmm. and realized they were paying for double services. And mm-hmm. the reason I asked about marketing is um, I'm, I'm part of two different masterminds and this one mastermind. One one of the girls brought up that her clients are very, very busy. And it's because the dentists that shut down never left any kind of message. 
for their patients. Right. And so patients were actually like orphans out there. You know, they, they would yeah. leave messages, not get a call back. And so she found that a lot of her clients were getting busier and busier because of bad marketing, right? Or no marketing. Yeah. And that made me think, is that just our area? Because it's a local mastermind. Is it just our area? And so I've started asking other consultants and just other colleagues. And I wanted to wait and ask you this question because, you know, you're you're all across the country. And I just was wondering if that's something your clients are like, ooh, look at all these patients that don't have a dental home anymore. Are you seeing that with your, your clients? Yes. Another interesting thing that's happening is our clients that were really proactive through it all and staying on top of how they were scheduling, still honoring some foundational scheduling <laughs> approaches. Mm -hmm. They were still holding blocks for new patients where others just like were just cramming them in and couldn't see a new patient and can't see a new patient when they reopened. So because they were on, still honoring some pre-blocks for, for new patient opportunities, those new patients would come to them because they were the one that could see them. What about the blocks that are empty right now? Because we keep hearing about this October, November, the September, and all. I've heard it's <laughs> right. called so many different things. Are you seeing empty blocks with some of your clients? And how are you coaching them through that if you're seeing it? Well, so again, interestingly, uh, the funny thing is, it's not funny. That was a terrible word. But, the, uh, <laughs> you know, very early on in the shutdown, I own Jameson with my husband, Jess, you know, Jess, and mm -hmm. he was saying early on with our team saying, you know, make sure everybody's watching six months out, make sure everybody's watching six months out, because when there's a gap here, there's naturally going to be a gap somewhere else. So everybody's going to mm -hmm. have this natural desire to just focus on the immediate and the urgent. And not looking ahead, and they could be at risk of a gap again at the end of the year. Well, sure enough, here we are, and here comes the gap. Some clients that really continue to honor and, and do some very intentional scheduling efforts in the reopening phase are still busy today. And they're still booking out because they were working on that even then moving patients ahead and doing all the things that they can do to balance out their schedule. And then others that maybe don't have that opportunity. And, you know, I do a lot of our, I do all of our initial conversations with people calling in to talk about their practice and see what kind of uh, solutions are available to them. And yes, they all are like, yeah, well, we could, uh, we could do some work in the fall. We've got time. <laughs> <laughs> On our podcast, Risa, we did a whole thing on this because it said, you know, you're either feeling feast or famine and you're overwhelmed by either one. Right. Well, what do you do in either scenario to try and balance the scales a little bit more? So for those that are feeling that famine, you know, mm -hmm. we're, you know you've just got to dig in and do the proactive work, just like we had to do in the shutdown. Big question to always ask yourself in these kinds of situations is, you know, what is one thing I can do right now to get us closer to, to whatever that goal is? You know, we can be so overwhelmed by the big picture, but if we just do the work one step at a time, you can make progress. So what have you not done? Or what, you know, what needs to be done today? Who do you need to call? What patients do you need to reach out to? What reports do you need to be running? Who do you need to try to reactivate? You know, where are those opportunities? Just like we teach in, in huddle and everything else, you know, are you really doing the work to stay on top of 
where the opportunities are within your own practice with your patients and being proactive on that. It's so important what you just said about the pick one thing, because right now I know a lot of managers are feeling so overwhelmed because they've had all this other stuff added. And dentists who are managing the practice themselves, they don't have a true, I guess, administrator or manager. So it's so important. Pick one thing or else you're going to go take a nap or you're going to go watch Netflix. Yeah, You know, it's, it's very overwhelming. So give yourselves permission. Listen to what Carrie says. Do what Carrie says. <laughs> one thing, one thing. Can I ask you about a consultant tactic that's out there? Because I'm sure other consultants are going to do this. Not a tactic, I guess, um, some planning. As part of full service consulting, you're looking at annual planning. You're looking at goals. You're setting numbers, right? When you're setting goals for 2021, do you chop out most of the year and stick with what the numbers were for, say, a 12-month span of 2019, 2020? Mm -hmm. Or do you forecast with these COVID months in mind? How are you coaching your clients through that? I mean, mm. it's so hard. There's We don't know. Yeah, and that's a really good question. I think you have to have an awareness of what your trends were pre-COVID. <laughs> let's not ignore the reality of what the year was, you know? I mean, I think having an awareness of what that gap was, you know? Yeah, your your end of year this year is not going to be what it was going to be. I think we just need to accept. <laughs> it is yeah. what it is. But what we need to do is start looking at the trends of, since you've reopened, what have your trends been? Um, what are you looking, you know, what are you forecasting forward toward, you know, and what were you ramping up for and, and use that as goals? What's your capacity at this point? You know, those practices that have a big gap right now, they're going to be really hurting because they had zero production for, you know, two months or, or more. And now they're ha they have low production again. So that's going to be really painful. So they have to figure out Guess what? Guess what's coming in six months if you don't remedy this gap issue? Right. Again, with the one thing, you know, we can get really overwhelmed. What's the goal? What What do you need? You know, you could even go back to basics, really. Going back to basics in terms of planning out your, your goals from 12, you know, what do you need for the next 12 months to be achieving to keep the doors open, to pay you what yourself what you need to pay and what you want to pay your team and uh, and all of that and pair that back and then get your trends going again, three month trends for you to add and, and grow and, and get back on track. Let me build on that because you were saying you mentioned team. And so when you have all this time to think, you start to look again at your overhead, right? How have your teams, have they stayed together? Are doctors realizing their overhead is higher because they got turnover? Did they lose a lot of people? Mm. I mean, how, how are your teams the strength of the teams, turnover of the teams. Uh, man, this is like my favorite. This Let's is, go. give me the popcorn. Let's <laughs> read the Facebook groups and be like, oh, who's been, who's been leading strong and who's had their head in the sand? I mean, you can almost see it, right? I mean, you can mm -hmm. start probably tell me all the stories, right? We probably will have a similar insights on this are the doctors and leaders that were upfront, proactive, staying connected, communicating with their team, involving their team through the entire process, whether they had to furlough or layoff or not. If they were staying connected, those teams have been rallying for the most part. 
they come back. They feel heard. They feel supported. The doctors that were doing the work and getting what they needed and being compliant and shoring up the cracks in their foundation and keeping the team connected, having meetings, doing planning, clearly communicating, making sure everybody's on the same page. Those teams were a part of the solution and they're doing great. The doctors that ignored it, that shut down, laid off, and then didn't talk to their team again until the week before they were about to reopen, have some problems, right? you know? And yeah. It is what it is. You cannot, as a leader, avoid, especially in a crisis. Leaders have to be present and they have to be heard. And you may not be able, you may not be having easy conversations and it may not be good news. But when we stay connected with our team and communicate with them, it can help us navigate those painful waters and come back together healthier. And that's what you see, you know, the teams that are afraid, the teams that don't feel supported, the teams that feel in the dark, the teams that don't feel like the necessary steps have been taken to be protected. That is a sign that there's not communication, healthy communication taking place. I believe that. Oh, no, I agree with you. And and the leadership issue, I mean, I know that that's a big part of any coaching really is how to be a good leader. These doctors, maybe that was the next phase of your coaching, or maybe you hadn't even gotten to that yet. All of a sudden, they're being asked to, you know, fill a bus, get everybody on the right seats on the bus. Meanwhile, yeah. the bus is like falling apart around yeah. them. So when you are facing, faced with that, is there kind of handholding goes on to help them pivot into that leadership role? Did you guys go into emergency handholding or, you know, how did that go? <laughs> there was a, there were some emergency handholding. Here's the thing that I've always felt about dentistry, a danger zone for dentists is how isolating it can feel as an owner, as the leader, um, especially when you're having to make hard decisions, you can feel very isolated and, you know, who can I even talk to about this? Who really understands? And so there was a lot of that type of mentorship in terms of really helping to keep a clear head, (laughs) keeping emotion as best in check as possible and helping them make the best decision they could with what they knew at the time. And that's what I kept saying was we did a lot in terms of decision-making in crisis, in terms of, you know, do your research and make the best decision that you can with what you know right now. And be transparent in that and open in your communication. Because again, like we said earlier, doctors and practice owners were having to make very unfortunate decisions at the beginning, uh, very painful decisions. People love their teams. People love their patients. They love their practices. They, the last thing they'd want to do is anything that would cause pain, <laughs> right? Right. And a lot of dentists, they hate confrontation and they don't like people to be unhappy and not like them. And wait, that's a newsflash. Dentists hate confrontation. <laughs> what? You're breaking news well, here. Support. We were more of a support group. Let's put that <laughs> And it's just, you know, facing change at any time is difficult. Um, Having change forced upon you, it makes it even even more challenging to lead through. I had a few former clients reach out to me because we're still good friends. And I think the most heartbreaking thing was to see that what they thought were long-term team members who had been with them for a long time 
mm-hmm. decided to not come back for, yeah. you know, not, and not even bad reasons. You know, they're worried about their health. They have childcare, all that kind of stuff. It's really, I mean, it's like having the rug pulled out from under you again. That's what, how yeah. one put it, you know, first I have to shut down. I, I'm, I didn't even think my team wasn't coming back. And all of a sudden my team's not coming back. So, you know, that's a whole different level of, you know, WTF. I mean, really. Yes. So, are you helping them with hiring new people? Is that something you guys do? Or is it more of the, the interviewing, coaching? I mean, how much of that came into play during this last couple of months? Uh, we've, we've always supported in hiring. It's a challenge for a lot of people right now and finding the team, finding new team. And that the, the turnover is just extraordinary. And, you know, to a degree, you got to understand the environment in which this turnover is happening, right? There's Mm -hmm. there's a lot that just is beyond the control of the practice owner. You know, fear in being in dentistry, then there's no PPE in the world that's going to make, you know, the decision is I don't want to do this anymore. Sure. And so be it. It always just staying focused on what's your vision? What are the values? What's the DNA of your practice? And being forward focused on continuing to build a healthy practice culture where you're attracting people that are aligned and believe in what you do. We're going to get through this, but you've got to hire smart and ask the right questions, put out the right information about the who that you are. Just like when you're communicating, trying to reach the right types of patients for your practice, how are you communicating to reach the right type of team members for your practice? If you sound like everybody else, you're just going to get whatever. And it's, it's, yeah. it's the same thing. And we've also found through this, you know, we are not an HR firm. And there's a lot about hiring and firing and all of that that is not just about getting the right person, but being compliant. And oh, my goodness. Yeah. Saying, you know, being compliant and protecting yourself. So I can't tell you how many times we would say, do you work with an HR company? Maybe that's the first thing you should do. Please. I got my dental school buddy's office manual. He sent it to me. Can you help me reword it? No. (laughs) No, but, but, you know, that brings up something else when you have team members being hired managers. And and of course I go to managers because they're my heart. When you have brand new accidental managers, right? They're coming on board. They don't know that you need all this stuff. They don't know you need that yearly HIPAA, the yearly, they don't know this stuff. And I'm getting questions from people that are saying, how do I get a copy of the code? And I, you know, I tell them, look, this is where, and then you have to budget every year because you're going to need another book. Why do they change every year? And I'm going, yes. So there's a level of like complete newness and you know, the shine is coming off because they have to learn all of this, but, but that's what scares me is we're coming up on a lot of newbies on the team side. Right. And, you know, to speak to that, historically, let's just say there are some dental practices that don't and haven't historically allotted the appropriate type of time to train up a team member to set them up for success. Mm -hmm. You know, throw a big old heap and helping of COVID on top of that and be really be extraordinarily busy or stressed and you're bringing a team member in to to that where you have very little time or perhaps very little mental capacity to fully get a person oriented to your practice and your systems and how they can do this and do it well and do it right. right. That is going to be a big risk. And the question is, do you want to invest in the time and prioritize time now 
to set them up to be successful in the future? Or do you want to spend a lot of time cleaning it up later? Yeah, because the cleanup is not only expensive, but painful. It's painful. You know, in my in my classes, I would usually say something like, don't expect very much from your new employee mm. for about three months because they're learning your culture. They're learning your rules. They're getting along with everyone. Yes, they're producing, but they don't expect phenomenal, consistent results because they're still learning. We can't afford that now. So I can't do them. Don't expect much in three months because there's nobody else doing it. We need oh, to expect that. I think that's been really, really tough for a lot yeah. of dentists to make peace with. I, I want to ask you because I know you've been working on a project. So you took a lot online because you used to do, uh, you were on the road almost as much as I was really, probably yeah. even more. You were, you know, speaking on it. You were meeting with clients, all your new teams meeting with clients, but you took everything and threw it online. <laughs> you did. <laughs> you threw everything online. And is that something that dentists can use to cut down that learning curve? Because now we can't, you know, we can't fly to Oklahoma to see you. Yeah. What are we doing with the online classes? Because I'm I'm so curious to get in there and dig around. I don't have access yet, but I'm I'm gonna get it. And <laughs> I'm gonna dig around. First of all, let me let me break it down. You have a whole bunch of virtual classes for your team members to take. Tell me why you threw everything online. Was it in progress before? And is this did you suddenly realize okay, this is a really good way to do it. And please yeah. ignore the snorts of my dog. So if that came through the recording. I love your dog. Love your dog. <laughs> Jameson could be any dental practice story in terms of facing adversity in this year and making decisions to stay, to be agile and adapt to the disruption. You know, that's that's really what we're asking practices to do is continue to be agile and be prepared and forward thinking and make a plan of how are you going to be better on the other side of this? Yes, we are recovering from crisis right now and it's uncomfortable. Some of it's frustrating, some of it's painful, some of it's expensive. But if we work to be more agile, make innovation instead of excuses. <laughs> and, mm, I like that. And ask yourself the question of what could we do right now to be better? How can we use this as an opportunity to adapt for the better on the other side of this? When we were in the, the, the massive pause at Jameson, now as coincidence would have it, we had pieces of online learning already available to us. Um, as I told you, we were already utilizing Zoom as a team with our clients to some degree. And then we had already invested in some video technology and we had started a framework of an online learning platform because it had been a vision that we would bring even more to what we were already doing, added value, ways that we could teach some of our foundational things through self-guided learning that could be a supportive tool that our advisors would use when they're with our clients. So we already had these pieces, but we didn't have the prioritization of it. As you had said, our team was all traveling. I was traveling. It was going to be on the shoulders of our leadership team, which were already kind of spinning a lot of plates. So we just couldn't get it off the back burner. And we didn't really know how to execute it. We knew the why, the what, the who, the where, the when, but we didn't know how to do the how really. So we'd already had these pieces. And then in the spring, 
we in the in massive stress we finally were like okay 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 we can either panic and be overwhelmed and wonder how are we going to help our clients how are we going to keep doing this how are we going to adapt or we can do something yep cuz you really you have you can either move forward move back or just stay still and like let things come down around you right yeah good for you my my mother Kathy Jamison is our founder and she always says almost exactly like that Teresa there's no such thing as status quo you're either going up or you're going down and you want to make the decision to be moving forward always on a continuous path of learning and it, there were a lot of just so happens in it just so happens we had some of the technology we needed just so happens we had invested and started building out some kind of skeletal framework just so happens we had members of our team that were like sparks, you know, lighthouses for us that, and this is a lesson for dental practices too. We were so open in conversation and getting ideas from everyone. What could we do? How could we do this? How could we do it differently? How could we do it better? And ideas and talents and skills from other people that were on our team really brought this to life. So yeah, from about April, uh, we started recording video content organizing pathways of learning of some of the foundational systems that Jameson teaches. How is it going to work? How are we going to structure it? Writing out content to support it. And it went live October 1st. It's exciting. It's called Grow. Yeah. I'm going to put a, a link in the show notes, of course, for it. And so you've got a couple of different tracks. You said the self-paced mm-hmm. and then you have the the whole kit and caboodle. And, and I think even tears to that. I don't want to lose this train of thought, but your mother... I don't even, I mean, I'm sure she knows, but she should always hear it has been such an inspiration for so many dental consultants and offices. So for, for those of you who are not familiar with her book, Collect What You Produce, yeah. she just had her second printing. That was her second yeah. edition, right? So, and I read the first one when it came out, I was, you know, brand new doing, I didn't know what I was doing. So I read <laughs> that book and it was, it was great. And, you know, I've had it and recommended it. And then she came out with a second version. I was like, hot dang. So I got a copy of that. And <laughs> so I all I highly recommend Collect What You Produce by Kathy Jamison. You can get on the Jamison site or Amazon or wherever. Okay. And then the, the other money book I recommend is Susan Gunn's Money In, Money Out. Yeah. So, you know, if you're into numbers, anybody who's listening, those two books, I think you have to have if you want to really, you know, get things done. I'm going to assume y'all have a copy of my book, but, you know, that's just something. I do. I do. So with the learning part, when you said the foundational, my ears perked up because one of the classes that I took with your mother years and years ago was a very long class. And it was about, you had like nine or 10 systems and maybe you have more now, but there were like nine or 10 systems on a slide and she put them all up there. And I thought, oh Lord, she's going to go through all nine of those. And they're like big meaty systems. And then I'm like, oh gosh, this is an all day class. (laughs) And sure enough, she went through all nine, but it flew by. And I really felt like that was like a crash course in business. And, and I did, I did what I tell everybody not to do. I went back and I tried to implement everything. Total mistake. You know, I know better now, but I wish I could go back in time and listen to her give those courses. But now it sounds like you have those foundational messages on your site. We're going to be, yeah, we're going to be continuing to build out, we're calling them pathways. So we're building out different pathways on 
all the systems and business and hygiene that we work on with clients, um, a lot of those introductory foundational systems and they're in in bytes. So you can go as fast or as slow as you want. We're off, we're giving CE credit for it. The thing is that it's going to be great. It can be utilized in team meetings. Teams can go through it together. Doctors can go through it. People that really, that's the way they want to learn and work on their practice could just do that and that's it. Or they can do, use it in collaboration with working with us and with our, as, with an advisor. It's also, I think, going to be a really powerful tool for people that have new team. Yes, yes. And, and you, can't, you cannot skimp on mm-hmm. this. You have mm-hmm. to put some money towards training your new mm-hmm. team members. You assign work to your team members based on what they need to learn and go through. And uh, because we have clients all the time that have said, and this is why we have little frameworks already in place, was, oh, God, you just had some like fast track that we could put a new team member through and get them up to speed. That'd be great. And we're like, wouldn't it? Yeah, here you go. <laughs> so the, the goal is that it really can be either um, a valuable additional resource for clients, or it can be something that anyone um, at any level in their dental professional career could use to, to grow and develop with. Well, let's talk about that track. So I'm hiring a new receptionist. Where am I sending them? Like what, if, if I say, Carrie, I need to give her four videos to watch. What am I, what am I showing her? A brand new receptionist. So there's, there's a couple of tracks, there's a couple of levels of investment. So you can either do an individual membership. So let's say you're a new young doctor and you're wanting something just to teach yourself for your practice Mm -hmm. you're about to purchase, right? Um, You can buy an individual membership and and go through the content as you desire. Let's say you have team, you want to access it for your team. You can buy a program that gives you you know, 10 to 15 memberships and you can assign your team members what you want them to go through or prioritize the order. Uh, so let's say you want to get them through the patient, you know, the five-star patient experience mm, and that okay. goes through everything from telephone technique to patient check-in and check-out to that, that patient journey. Scheduling is a whole track. <laughs> of so there's course, a scheduling yeah. track and you can start going in there it's really easy to navigate and you can see very quickly where you'd want to start. And you also will see it really lines out how many lessons there are, how much time you can expect it to take to go through it all completely. You're quizzed on the content. So that helps to, as you go through it, you're going to be taking small, short quizzes that helps with retention, making sure were you listening or were you doing whatever. And then again, as I said, if you needed CE credit, practice management CE is kind of dependent upon your state, but it is available to you. I'm so glad that you're including that because the new thing with adult learning is this gamification of classes. And so listeners, if you're not sure what that means, it's because we are so used to sitting in front of somebody speaking for three hours. That's the typical lecture, right? And you know, I remember sitting in classes and even though I loved whomever was speaking, there were times when I was trying so hard to keep my eyes from closing because I was exhausted or whatever, right? And it felt so bad. But when you gamify the, the presentation, you're keeping people engaged, whether it's by a poll, whether it's by get, letting them achieve some rewards. And this is on the virtual side. And I remember reading it and thinking, this is how my son plays Xbox. It's little right. rewards. It's little 
tracks, it's little quests. And then that's when it clicked what this gamification meant. Cause I was like, what are they talking about? Like, are we playing Jeopardy? Like, I don't know what you're talking about, but now it makes sense. So I'm yeah. glad to see you have that because I think even myself as a learner, a professional learner, yeah. I get bored sometimes. <laughs> and you know, online learning, it's just different. It's different than than in person. And it doesn't mean that it has to be less effective. It just is different. And so you have to do your homework and understand what the trends are, what those kind of successes are, what works and what is working and how that's changing. Again, we're very, very fortunate to have members of our team that really dug in and, and did research on what seemed to be the successful approaches to online learning. Because for us, the risk is, you know, when you're a company that's been around for 30 years, when you're a practice that's been practicing for 30 years, you can easily be afraid of the unknown of doing something completely new because, well, what's we, what we've done before has worked. Right. And so just like with our practices, you, you have to be able to explore. Otherwise, you're going to get stuck in the rut and the cheese is going to move and then it's much more difficult to catch up. And so for us to, it doesn't mean that we're throwing away the things that people have come to know and love of how we teach, but we needed to adapt. And this, this disruption really forced that hand and moved that more quickly along. But the, but the learning, yeah, the quizzing, lots of fun little video snippets, little five minute videos here and there. So it's a little bit more community. It's a little, there's a lot of variety, variety of instructors. So you're not just watching me as a talking head. I mean, everybody would just get sick of that. That's what I'm worried about with my insurance courses I'm working on right now. It's like, people are going to get so tired. Trust me. You cannot pass that off. That's got to be you. Sorry. Yeah, I know. I know. I just, maybe I can make a cartoon or caricature or doodle or something, but yeah. Cause I mean, there's only so much you can take of me saying you can do it. <laughs> it's, it's just not fun after a while. So, I mean, my son tells me this, so I know it must be true. Well, yeah, if our kids tell us then. Oh, oh my goodness. And that's been hard too. You have young kids. You, I mean, well, youngish. They're, you know, what, 10, 11? Yeah, 11 and 8. Let's talk about the mommy side and daddy yeah. side because Jess is, I'm sure, helping out too. Like, are they, are they homeschooled? Are they schooling from home? What are they doing? Yeah, you know, number one, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have a very, an incredible husband and an incredible father to our kids. And it has definitely been a, the team approach to running the business and helping the kids, right? So in the midst of the quarantine, especially, they were both, you know, we were running from meetings to helping them get their online course stuff taken care of. And fortunately, they are able to do some some school in person here in Oklahoma. Oh, that's good. That's good. You know, it's it's different everywhere, I know. But it's crazy. It's It's a crazy time. And you know, I think it all lends itself to empathy, mm-hmm. empathy for our clients, empathy for doctors and the teams, um, this uncertainty of what am I going to take? What about my kids? <laughs> you know, again, the solutions are very muddy. Just having empathy for that and trying to help people find solutions is really the best you can do in that. But yeah, from a mommy standpoint, Again, I, I know I kind of keep jumping back into leadership, but you ha- it really was a matter of maintaining your realm. Mm-hmm. I like that. 
that's what we always say is like, maintain your wealth. <laughs> because checking in with people, having people that you can, that can support you, that you can talk to, um, that you can brainstorm with and look forward to and, and think about that. What's the, what's one thing I can do? Uh, not beating, beating yourself up when the day just kind of went down the drain, doing whatever you can to keep your cup full. And that's, that's really what doctors have to do right now too. You know, it's exhausting to lead a business on any mm-hmm. given day. It's really exhausting to lead a business through crisis. So making sure that you're surrounding yourself with positive people, giving your mind positive information and yeah. being grateful for the simple things. We're surrounded by a lot of negativity right now and I, it, it doesn't do you any good. You've got to spend more time on the things that help build you up and keep you healthy and energetic and forward focused. Let's rabbit hole on that. Let's do a serious rabbit hole though, because okay. this is something I am really concerned about. There are lots of studies that this loneliness, isolation, mm-hmm. whatever, a lot of people are having, they're having real issues, real difficulty with day-to-day and all that kind of stuff. When you're coaching a doctor and you see this kind of sadness, despair going on, how do you react to that as a coach? Because I have seen it. And before COVID, I saw it. I lost a dear friend to this. It's been something that's been sort of short of mine, but at the same time, or close to mine, but it's hard to spot. How do you spot that? And have you, and what do you do? Mm. I think there's, there's a responsibility to just listen. Mm. People are in distress more than ever. And we as human beings thrive on connection. And so having the wherewithal to be the one that listens and, and know, like I've been put in this position to be a support, we don't have to have the answers. Sometimes people aren't looking for answers. They're looking for support and really just helping to point them in directions of where, where the positivity is. Even in the distressful times, we have to think about the good things too. So what can easily happen for a dental practice owner, for example, the dentist, is thinking constantly about everything that's going wrong and focusing on that with your team. That can be very draining and morale can just take a nosedive. So to remember that even as we do need to problem solve and work through the issues, we also need to recognize when things go right. And that helps ourselves too, right? You know, thinking about starting your day and ending your day with the things that that went right or the things that are good in your life and helping helping our doctors recognize that as well and helping them find solutions and helping them connect the dots and talk through their business struggles. You know, we're not psychologists and we're not therapists. And that can be dangerous as well. If there's someone that really is in emotional distress, they may need to find a professional and that's okay. What I would hope for any dental leader that's listening to this, Teresa, that if they are feeling to a point of despair, the right thing to do is to reach out and find somebody to help you get healthy. And the ADA has resources too. And I will link that. The ADA has resources. Is Edie Gibson still working with you? No, she's not, but she's a dear, dear friend. I may need to get her on. She's She's great. She does a lot of courses on addiction. Yes. And that sort of thing. So I might need to get her on here and I'm not trying to go really morbid, but this is, these are the, probably the most stressful times in dentistry. I I think even ever 
I mean, the recession, HIV has nothing on this. Like you had said, Teresa, the mindset piece, I think you had said that either earlier or before we started. It's, a, it's kind of a battle in our own minds. How do we navigate this and, and do it as best as we can? Just being intentional, maybe even noticing when your red flags and your triggers occur and recognizing what can help you in the reducing of your stress. Stress control is, you know, you can't eliminate it and you, there's no way you could eliminate it right now, but to do what you can to keep yourself and keep your mind healthy. Surround yourself with people that, that can build you up. Turn off the news and oh my goodness. something positive. Start writing down a plan, thinking ahead, being action-oriented, getting yourself recentered on what your purpose is and what your vision is for your practice. You can start creating a vision for what next year looks like right now and mm-hmm. give, give yourself something to work forward to instead of really hovering in this. We have to be looking outward. And I think the doctors that are doing that, they have team members that appreciate it and they can get through it. But there's going to be dips. It's interesting. When you talk about change, there's a change curve that a psychologist in the 60s introduced. And it was actually introduced dealing with people that were had received the report of a terminal illness. But then it has shifted over time to be a study of how people emotionally deal with change in a, it, when they're faced with any type of crisis. It's like this weird, like it has a big dip in the bottom and it starts with like the shock. Remember the shock of, of when COVID happened, how shocked we were all. And then, and then denial of how we were like in denial of what this was. And then you go into anger and it's also kind of a lot of dealing with loss, right? Right. And the big dip before you come up to the other side is depression. So if you're in the dip, that may be the feelings and emotions that you're dealing with. But on the other side of that dip is acceptance and problem solving. And fresh air. And fresh, fresh air. air up there, you know. So it's, it's a total way of, you fill your lungs with hope. I know that that sounds silly, but you fill your lungs with hope and you look around and you realize that this is how you can go whatever direction you want. Yes, yes. I'm glad you were willing to go down that road with me and talk about that. I just feel like it's very important. And I know you see so many yes. dentists and talk to so many team members. So I was sure you had had experience. You've got to listen to them, be present and lean into that conversation with them. Don't dismiss it. Let them get through those emotions so that their logic can return. And, you know, I'm no psychologist either. My mother studied psychology. And so I had a great mentor in that. I have a great mentor in that. Then also helping them with a plan. You know, sometimes we're just stuck because we feel like we've exhausted all of our options. We don't know what else to do. And we're in the muck of our own. You know, we're the one with the, with the truck stuck in the muddy ruts. And yeah. um, we need somebody to come and look at it and say, I can get you out of this. Or, or have you tried this? <laughs> or let's make a plan and let's talk to these people. And having those kinds of conversations that get you thinking, like you said, Teresa, kind of shows you like it's a crack in the window. So you're like, oh, oh, there's, there's a light. There's that fresh air that I was needing because I'm just spinning in my, in my overwhelm. And I can tell you about a month and a half ago, I was in that, that real dip and, and thank God for the masterminds that I'm a part of. They're my dear friends. You know, I count them as very dear friends, 
just hearing from them that they were going through similar. Yes. I hate to say misery loves company because that's not quite what it was, but it was like, okay, finally somebody understands me. Yes. We talked to our spouses. Our spouses are wonderful, but we're strong business people. We're entrepreneurs. Yes. We try to shoulder it all on ourselves. And even yes. team members, the manager, I know there's a lot of managers who listen to this. You guys are running a practice and you're taking that all on yourself too. So it's okay. You know, it's okay to, to stop, breathe and get yourself right again. That's right. Here's the thing. You probably feel this too, Teresa. I mean, like if you allow it, you can sit and you can go down your own rabbit hole of what's to come. Mm -hmm. The unknown and, or the, what we're in right now can be suffocating if we allow it. But if we know, recognize, okay, just, I can't go there. What can pivot, right? So pivot. What can I do right now to feel like I'm making progress? What can I do right now to get us one baby step, even if it's just a baby step closer to something that, to what right looks like for us or for me. And, and like you said, Teresa, as for, for the office managers, for the doctors, the leaders that are just exhausting yourself day in and day out, it's also okay this weekend to just turn it off and mm. do something that's good for you and take that deep breath, rest, because you can't do any good for anyone if you aren't healthy as the best version of yourself that you can be. Absolutely. So, and that goes for parents, that right. goes for <laughs> business leaders, that goes for all of us that, you know, we have to give ourselves permission to take care of ourselves so that we can step into our battle zone on Monday and yeah. do the best that we can with what we have. Listen to this. You just gave me like a whole, like, like a taste of leadership here. And I knew I was going to get this because I've talked to you before and you just always have something good for, for me to take away. Oh. For people who want more of that, I want you guys, if you're listening, check out Grow because I just know the quality coaching that her firm, knowing so many of your coaches and former oh. coaches, I know there's quality in the coaching, the leadership is real because you talk the talk and walk the walk. So we talked about the systems being on grow, but there's leadership intensive too. So they can get kind of this mindset and, and then be able to convey it to the team. There's that too. And we're also going to be, as, as we get things rolling, we're also going to be implementing regular live kind of community sessions where we can gather as those mastermind type groups like you have, Teresa, where people can ask their questions, have Jameson team members there and have other members of the grow community uh, online as well. And we're going to, every month we're going to be adding more and more and more in a variety of ways. So um, really trying to bring this to life as something that helps people in the end be better in the work that they do in our profession. That's, that's the goal and that it's accessible to anyone. Like if you wake up at three in the morning, yeah. you want to take a leadership class. <laughs> There it is. You know, and the thing is, is if you want your practice to be better, I don't want you to be limited by your, you know, by finances or uh, whatever the case may be, time, money, all of those things that could be a limiting factor for you to get the kind of help and coaching you need. That was another big goal for us is to be accessible to the people that really need it the most. So that's what this is for, for people to build their systems, their own personal skill sets and their ability to lead from wherever they are in the practice. Clearly there's a demand because every time I see you and Kathy and, and Amy, Amy Parrish, when I see you guys on the road, your classes are huge. I mean, oh. they're like 
they're huge. So there's obviously demand for what you have to say. And what I really love is when we are close, there was one, I think it was Yankee last year where our rooms were right next to each other. So we were able to see each other because usually at these meetings, it's like, I might see you getting lunch and we yeah. wave to each other and but we don't get a chance to talk. So that was really nice. How do they find you? I want to definitely invite you to visit the Grow platform. It's grow.jmsn.com. So it's Jameson with, with no vowels. <laughs> Grow.jmsn.com. But then also our main website is simply jmsn.com. So you can find us at both of those places. And I'd love to connect with any anyone that's a friend and fan of Teresa is a friend to me. Uh, and you have a podcast too, The Jameson yes. Files, which sounds like a true crime podcast. <laughs> the, the title is actually a nod to uh, my father, Dr. John Jameson, is a retired dentist and also used to be on the speaking circuit. And when he was speaking, he's retired now and very happily out to pasture. <laughs> when he was uh, speaking, he also had a column in Dental Economics called the Jameson Files, where he would oh. interview uh, movers and shakers and trailblazing dentists at the time. And so I thought it would be a fun nod oh. to name our podcast after his his BE column. I love it. I did not know that. I didn't put that connection yeah. together. My goodness. And that was when dental economics was in every office in print. Right now it's digital. So yeah. Oh my goodness. So that's just bringing back a lot of memories. <laughs> so I used to get so many dental magazines that my boss and I, and he never read them. He, he would like wait and see if I pull something out <laughs> for him to read, but they made such a, cause I'm short, they made such a good footrest next to my chair so, and I know that's not what they want to hear, but you know what? It is what it is. So I think, thankfully, now everything is digital. They too have adapted to how we all want to learn. So, yeah. well, Carrie, it has been a pleasure. And I, I want to have you come back in. Your baby, you said, is two weeks old. So, when we have another milestone yes. birthday, we'll have you back on and we'll talk again about this. Um, I want to thank you for being open about some very sensitive topics and for just giving so much of yourself freely, this, uh, all this knowledge that you dropped on me. I always enjoy it. I'm really honored to, to be with you on your podcast. Thank you for having me on. We'll do it again. Again, dear listeners, always, always, I am so appreciative of the time that you spend with me. Thank you. We're all super busy, so thank you for making time for me today. The show notes will have any links that we referenced in this episode. You can also find links for my book and for my live events and webinar schedule. I speak often around the country on management and insurance issues. Come hang out with me in one of my classes. I promise you'll laugh and learn.